Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report magazine. I'm Chloe Veltman in for Sasha Coca. Now I'm falling asleep and she's calling a cab while he's having a smoke and she's taking a drag. That's Elise Whitney. She lives in Los Angeles. And it's all in my head, but she's touching his chest. There's nothing Elise likes to do more than hit a karaoke bar with her friends, rent a private room, have a few drinks, and sing her heart out. Feeling this, the presence of being kind of a rock star for the night is really fun and makes me realize that, hey, I'm good at something. This is my thing. Elise shares a bittersweet memory about the last time she went out karaokeing before the pandemic shut down all the bars. She and her friend were the only customers in the place. We sang almost all of Celine's catalog. We changed the words to uh, Enrique Iglesias' escape to say, you can run, you can hide, but you can't escape COVID. And we didn't realize it was going to be such a big deal and how impactful that night would have been as a last hurrah. Elise and her friends staggered out of there at four in the morning. They closed the place down literally, as it turned out. This was March 6th, and my karaoke drought started March 7th of 2020. The drought Elise is talking about didn't just affect karaoke fans. COVID-19 impacted vocalists across the state, both amateur and professional, in community centres, schools, churches, recording studios, theatres, clubs and concert halls. Last year was going to be a pretty big year in terms of my singing engagement, so I was really looking forward to the calendar. And then, boom. The need to want to feel part of a community of musicians, it's just, it's so powerful. And we took it for granted when we had it, you know, and now we're really missing it. I really do want to get to see my friends in the choir, not on Zoom. And it would be really, really nice to be able to actually sing and hear people sing with you again. The blow to singers across the state wasn't just financial as their gigs dried up. They also mourned the loss of connection and community. And on top of that, they were forced to confront a devastating truth. This beloved everyday activity, which feels so good and is so healthy, had become a killer. We're not sure whether this is respiratory droplets, aerosolized, airborne. Mm. It's really just semantics because we do know that with singing, those particles can travel a distance. And again, a lot of people are asymptomatic and they can still spread the virus. 
singing went underground, but it didn't go away entirely. Throughout this pandemic, I've been following what happened to singing across our state. On today's show, we're going to hear about how singing transformed over the past year, how it went from almost disappearing entirely to helping us maintain solidarity, social purpose and a sense of humour through these dark, dark times. On the morning of March 11th, 2020, Americans awoke to the latest in a deluge of coffee-spilling headlines. We do have another cautionary tale right now. It's about a choir practice in Washington State that took a tragic turn. You know, despite practicing social distancing, 45 people who showed up have now tested positive or are showing symptoms of coronavirus, and two members have died. In fact, 53 people who attended that choir rehearsal the previous night ended up developing symptoms of COVID-19. But at the time this super spreader event occurred, COVID tests were hard to come by and health officials didn't truly know how the virus was spread. In the early days, public messaging focused on telling people to avoid shaking hands with others, disinfect surfaces and keep their fingers off their faces. We've learned to be careful with what we touch. But COVID-19 might be in the air, too. Regardless, the wildfire-like spread of the coronavirus over a couple of hours of choral singing inside a Washington church was enough to send shockwaves through the singing community in California. That was a real warning shot for us. Jean Davidson is the CEO and president of the Los Angeles Master Chorale, one of the most high-profile classical vocal ensembles in the state. And we erred on the side of caution and cancelled all of our rehearsals and performances. That's a recording of the piece the group sang at their very last live concert. It was January 26th of 2020. The choir's last rehearsal was March 4th. In those first desolate and bewildering months of lockdown, singing retreated almost entirely indoors. It became mostly a solitary act. But despite the extraordinary circumstances and significant health risks, singers weren't completely willing to give up on the idea of rehearsing together or even singing in public. Last May, in my own neighbourhood in San Francisco, bass baritone JT Williams started appearing on their balcony most late afternoons. They sing opera arias and stream the concerts on Facebook. JT says they've been struggling with suicidal thoughts near the start of the pandemic. They found healing in the smiles, waves and applause of the people who listened from neighbouring homes or stopped by while out walking their dogs. Meanwhile, singers were starting to figure out how to make music together in the online realm. The main platforms people used were Zoom and Google Hangouts, but they were not built for making music. There are terrible delays, which make singing together in sync a total nightmare. Build your first chord basses. Tenors. Actually, mute yourselves. I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, it's not going to work. 
Groups like the Piedmont East Bay Children's Choir gamely forged ahead with online rehearsals, even though it was slow going and super frustrating. For others, virtual collaboration wasn't even an option. Hi everybody, it's just me and my ukulele saying hi and I thought you could sing with me. This is singing teacher Beth Wilmert making a short instructional video last spring for the young members of the community children's chorus she leads in San Francisco. All right, let's do one, one, two, one in C. Many of the eight to 12 year olds in Beth's group come from low income households. One, two, three, four, three, two, one. They one, don't two, all have access to internet connections fast enough for online meetups. The stay-at-home orders had recently gone into place, and in the absence of in-person get-togethers for singing, Beth's videos provided the students with a way to learn songs in their own time from home. Sing along, sing along, sing along. These three young singers were filling their home with songs they learned from Beth's videos. Their dad, Jerome Milgram, was loving it. Days can really blend one into the other here. Music and singing songs, it's just part of keeping a sense of normalcy. Beth has been teaching this children's choir for over 20 years. She told me what keeps her sticking with it is the sense of connection the kids feel when they get to meet up to sing. It's palpable, you know, the energy that choirs bring singing together. There's just nothing like it. And, you know, we can't do it um, with the technology yet. As the pitiless spring dragged on, it became increasingly clear that breaking into song around others was one of the most unsafe things a person could do. Research shows that singing emits three times as many respiratory aerosols as regular talking, so it's very risky. Even though California was beginning to emerge from the shelter-in-place orders, infections were on the rise. The state's Department of Public Health started issuing warnings against singing in public. It continued to do this throughout the year. Under the document from the California Department of Public Health, singing, chanting and shouting at outdoor gatherings are, quote, strongly discouraged due to the higher risk of COVID-19 transmission. On May 27th, California reached a grim milestone. The state surpassed 100,000 recorded coronavirus cases. That was the same week George Floyd was murdered by a policeman in Minneapolis. Vallejo, California-born R&B artist Her released this song last June. The singer's gut-wrenching performance won the Song of the Year award at this year's Grammys. I Can't Breathe was one of many anthems written and performed in response to the police violence against black people like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Meanwhile, other songs by California artists formed the soundtrack to Black Lives Matter rallies across the state as the summer raged on. In the Bay Area, protesters marched to the late Oakland-born rapper Mac Dre's Feeling Myself. In LA, it was all about All Right by Kendrick Lamar. The song has been embraced at Black Lives Matter rallies around the country in recent years because it speaks to hope in difficult times. We'll 
Around the same time as many Californians took to the streets, so many others stayed indoors. Nova Jimenez was among them. She says she felt so sad at the start of the pandemic that she just sat at home on her own and sang. And then here I'm singing by myself and I thought, well, maybe maybe someone wants to hear me. I don't know. Nova is a professional singer. She realised in that moment maybe she could use her talent to help others overcome their feelings of exhaustion, loneliness and despair. So she placed an online ad offering her services for free to frontline workers or anyone homebound or isolated due to the pandemic and in need of a little uplift. The vocalist has spent nearly every weekend since last May performing sidewalk concerts for frontline workers and people who are isolated in the San Francisco Bay Area. I caught up with Nova one Sunday as she was serenading elders outside a retirement home called Channing House in Palo Alto. Hello Channing House. Oh dear friends, I'm so happy to see you. Nova set up her mic, music stand and portable amp on the sidewalk across from the drab concrete building. Dozens of residents appeared on their balconies and in the parking lot to listen, like Nancy Feeney. So exciting to have Nova come and sing for us. Wearing a dress emblazoned with red peonies and white daisies, Nova exuded the spirit of warmth and romance. Hold me Life has been far from rosy for the residents of Channing House this past year. They've been rocked by two COVID-19 outbreaks. Five people have died. It's been a time of loss and confinement. Nancy Feeney and her husband Tom say Nova's performances at Channing House have provided a break from all of that. She's got a lot of pizzazz. She's just fun. It's wonderful. It's a breath of fresh air from the outside world. We've been pretty well isolated here for many months. Nova says she's performed nearly a hundred outdoor serenades since she started for audiences as varied as ER doctors and nurses, postal workers and nursery school kids and teachers. So I want you to feel like you're going to just let it out and sing to the heavens. You're up there. In the, the concert I attended at Channing House even involved a sing-along. Nearly everyone joined in with the song. They waved their arms and clapped. Some even danced around in the parking lot. Oh, thank you, Channing House. Te amo, te amo. I love you. And then Nova packed up her gear and the residents went back inside, maybe feeling just a bit more hopeful about the future. Live vocal performances like Nova's continued to be a rarity for the rest of last year. But Californians started to come up with creative ways, often involving technology, to keep singing going as the pandemic restrictions dragged on. Starting last August, Fox managed to take two seasons of The Masked Singer in Los Angeles using cleverly edited virtual audiences. The hit reality TV show turned out to be the ultimate entertainment for these pandemic times with its mask-wearing celebrity contestants. Like this appearance by Long Beach native and Olympic snowboarder Chloe Kim, 
disguised as a cute green jellyfish. In September, the Silicon Valley-based Ragazzi Boys Chorus went from sounding like this when they sang together online... That transformation, it happened because of a choir member's parent. Watching his kids struggle with online rehearsals on Zoom inspired him to develop a new technology. It's called JackTrip. The free open source software allows singers to sync their voices online from their homes in real time. As the statewide COVID-19 daily case count was hitting an all-time high at the end of the year, a San Francisco theatre company decided it would do whatever it took to put on a show. December, San Francisco Playhouse became the first professional performing arts company on the West Coast and one of only a couple in the entire country to produce a musical with a full cast in an indoor venue. The company's production of Songs for a New World was quite an undertaking. We had to test three times before we even showed up. That's cast member J.P. Gonzalez. He's from Lompoc, north of Santa Barbara. He says they all podded up, actors and stage management in one pod, director and designers in another. So basically we never mixed. They pre-recorded all of the songs. We couldn't sing live on stage, so we had two days to record all of the music. Once on stage, they lip-synced their way through the performance. Everything in the theatre was partitioned. We had plexiglass dividers. They didn't share dressing rooms. When we weren't singing or filming, we were masked completely the entire time. And this being deep COVID, there was no live audience in the theatre. And then we started filming. The entire production was filmed and distributed online. JP says he was very glad to be part of the production, despite the painstaking process. I can reach people with my voice. I love singing, I love music. It's so healing and it's so powerful. That's like the ultimate goal for me, is to make people feel good. There's a new world just behind the door. Which brings us to 2021. This is the sound of the threshold singers in San Luis Obispo on the Central Coast. Before the pandemic, they sang at the bedsides of terminally ill patients in hospices and homes. In January, even as COVID cases continue to spike in California and bedside singing had by then been out of the question for many months, the choir members figured out how to meet to sing together in person from the safety of their own cars. It's time when we sing it, I really want us to think about who we are singing for. So At a rehearsal, the group's director, Ruth Bailey, coaches the singers as they all sit in their cars in the parking lot of the local hospice. Can you picture somebody who you want us to sing this to? So really think as we sing.
started calling these parking lot sing-alongs driveway choirs. They've been springing up around the country during the pandemic. Singers connect from their vehicles with the help of a cheap FM transmitter that hooks into a mixer. The participants use microphones and can hear each other when tuned to the same frequency on their car radios. Ruth says the person receiving the song in the hospice can join in too. We can hand them a radio and they can listen to the radio and if we give them a microphone we can talk to them. Here's a service at the Acts Full Gospel Church in Oakland in 2018. Back then, the dozens of singers in the church's dynamic praise choir stood in close quarters before the congregation, singing, dancing and clapping in their black and red robes. Congregants joined in from the packed pews. But all of that changed with COVID-19. Church choirs silenced. Singing has been banned at all church services in California. The extraordinary order from Governor Gavin Newsom comes as a new report labels churches super spreaders. State health officials put these restrictions on places of worship last summer, in addition to limiting indoor services to a maximum of 25% capacity, or 100 people, whichever is lower. The new rules incensed the senior pastor of Acts Full Gospel, Robert L. Jackson. He goes by Bishop Bob. It's like trying to play basketball without a basketball. It's like playing football without a football. It's like, I mean, you just can't have a service, a worship service to God without singing. Churches in California hit back against the state's restrictions with a string of lawsuits, saying these rules infringed on their constitutional rights. Then, in early February, a case brought by a church in San Diego reached the Supreme Court. In a 6-3 decision handed down on Friday, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that California could no longer ban indoor church services. But while the Supreme Court allowed places of worship in California to resume indoor services, the justice upheld the state's ban on singing and chanting. Bishop Bob wasn't happy about it. Even though we have all safety precautions, they still say, OK, you can assemble according to the Supreme Court, but no singing and no chanting. And I'm saying, hey, we have to be able to sing. So now we're trying to figure it out how we can sing and still be, you know, in accordance with what the, the law is asking us to do. On April 2nd, the Acts Full Gospel Church went ahead with its Good Friday service. Watching the proceedings on Facebook, I could see it was held indoors, in a masked, socially distanced setting complete with plexiglass barriers. And there was plenty of singing. Of course, coming at us over Facebook, this is nothing like their usual full-bodied sound. But Bishop Bob says they were all really happy to get to sing at all. California has since reversed its ban on singing and chanting in places of worship. Still, the state requires singers to wear masks and maintain social distance, especially indoors. So, here we are in May. Well over half of California's residents are now fully or partially vaccinated. But even though California is reopening on many fronts, 
singing has been slower than most other activities to make a return to the public sphere. Remember Elise Whitney from the top of today's show, the karaoke queen? She's been waiting for a long time for singing to make a comeback. My karaoke drought started March 7th of 2020. When I spoke with Elise a few weeks ago via Zoom from her apartment in LA, she recalled the day she tried karaoke for the very first time. It was on the East Coast where she grew up, on a field trip to New York City for kids like her adopted from Korea. She was around 11 or 12 at the time. We went to a buffet of Korean food in in Flushing and there was a karaoke private room and I remember singing in sync. I believe it was bye bye bye. And we just had a really fun time and that memory stuck with me. After that, her adoptive parents bought Elise a home karaoke machine. It had a tape deck and it was the hit of every party, every sleepover that I hosted as a kid. Elise says that tape deck is still in her childhood bedroom at her parents' house. She thought about bringing it with her when she moved to L.A. last September to take a job working as an editor for celebrity and entrepreneur Chrissy Teigen's lifestyle website. (laughs) Welcome to the new Cravings. We love you guys so much. This is so cool. Because on top of the weirdness of starting a new job in a new city in the middle of the pandemic was the sadness of not being able to karaoke with her friends back east. Yeah, I thought about hosting a karaoke virtually. I talked to friends about it, but... We thought it was weird with like um, the feedback on Zoom and that kind of stuff, the, the delays, it wouldn't have worked. Since Elise couldn't get out and explore the karaoke scene in her new city, LA, during the pandemic, her mom treated her to some shiny new gear for her birthday last October. It's a big gold karaoke machine that sits under my TV. And in recent months, she's been putting that big gold karaoke machine to good use. Here's Elise in her apartment having a riotous time doing karaoke with her neighbours. They live in the same fourplex. When I moved in, my neighbours came over and they said, like, you know, welcome to the neighbourhood. They brought croissants and wine. They were so sweet. They soon potted up together and have spent many nights belting out songs over at Elise's place. They even formed a band. We call ourselves uh, D5 and we all have a pose and we all have our position in the band. It's, it's, it's a fun time. But she says singing at home isn't the same. That's what I'm looking forward to when I can emerge into the world and go back into a karaoke room, wherever that is, and celebrate. And remember that even though this year was really hard, there's that light at the end of the tunnel. I think it's a disco light. On May 1st, Elise was finally able to visit an L.A. karaoke bar for the first time, Max Karaoke in Little Tokyo. The smiley, bespectacled 30-year-old wore her sparkly jumpsuit, did high kicks on the dance floor and sang her signature song, Mr. Brightside by The Killers. And with that... Elise's karaoke drought came to an end. Open up my eager eyes,
And that's it for our show today. The California Report magazine is a production of KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. Our senior editor is Victoria Mauleon. Our director is Amanda Font. Brendan Willard is our sound engineer. Our team also includes Hector Arsate. I'm Chloe Veltman. Sasha Coco returns next week. Thanks for listening and please keep on singing. This is the California Report magazine. Your state, your stories. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast. And I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randadid Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.